Hello, everyone. I hope you're doing exceptionally well today. Welcome back to the Escaping Debt Podcast. My name is David Moffat. I'm your host, as always. Today, we've got a really interesting episode planned. Uh, I have a guest in the house, actually, uh, today. We're completely social distancing, I promise. Uh, his name's Dave Clark. He's a mortgage broker. And, and really, what we're going to be talking about is the benefits of refinancing and how that can help you get out of debt. Now, remember that we believe that no one should have to struggle with the overwhelming burden that debt causes, and we simply believe that it is not possible to work for both the consumers and the creditors at the exact same time in an unbiased fashion. And that's why we work for you, not your creditors. So I have Dave Clark here. Dave, how about you introduce yourself? Thanks, Dave, for having me. Um, I'm David Clark with the Clark Mortgage Group. I've been a mortgage broker for eight years now and have offices kind of scattered around Nova Scotia. And David, I, I guess... Just talk about how we met. We met in a networking group probably four years ago, something like that. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, and um, a lot of my business has been helping people refinance, restructure their uh, mortgages, uh, using equity in their home to try to get their debt wrapped up, to try to get uh, cheaper credit products, um, just to try to overall help their financial situation. Um, and then I know when Dave, Dave and I met, we just, I don't know, our clients just seem to mesh really well together. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's 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 a topic that we talk about often. I know, kind of just off the podcast and and kind of in the real world is, you know, there's a lot of different ways to solve debt, and most people seem to gravitate towards you know just traditional going to the bank and trying to get a loan or or bankruptcy. They don't seem to see anything in between. And I know that in talking with clients on my end, most people aren't even aware they can refinance their house. Do you experience that much? I'm sure you don't, because if they're going to you, they know <laughs> they want a mortgage. But how does that work in your your your, your day to day life? Uh, I agree that not most people don't know. I guess the power of what kind of credit products are available to them. Um, sometimes, especially in the rural communities that I work in, it's just kind of like the random bank that's in the area, and if they said no, no one can do it type of thing. Um, so. To kind of take it further, I don't know if it's necessarily that they don't think they can refinance, but I, in my experience, I'm, I talk to a lot of people who have just been kind of discouraged or declined, uh, and they don't know about what options um, are available. Um, so there are some people that don't know they can refinance their homes, but there's a lot of people that have had such negative experiences over their last you know, five, ten years that they wouldn't even think it's possible. Um, and then that's when they don't kind of reach out right, right away to refinance. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, and I'm sure you get a, a lot on the opposite side of the table, too, that think they can refinance. You know, they bought their house two, three years ago, and then they, they come to you and say, hey, I want to grab some money out of my house to pay off my debt. And and we both know that doesn't necessarily always work unless there's been a massive uptick in the economy, which certainly hasn't happened in Halifax and probably isn't going to happen anytime soon with COVID. Yeah, uh, you're exactly right. It happened in the opposite side too, where people come in and they think they've they can take the equity out of their home, but they don't necessarily understand the rules. You can buy a house with five percent down, uh, but you can only refinance up to eighty percent, which means that you need to have a twenty percent uh, equity stake there. And sometimes that takes ten years to even make it, so you can just get the money that you have owed. Um, there's something called a switch, which is a little different, but um, yeah, I, I, a lot of people don't understand how long it takes to pay down your mortgage enough to do it. Um, and then there's there's some, obviously, exceptions, like you did major renovations to your home and things like that. Um, but yeah, it takes a little while. Yeah, for sure. So 
are you able to run through an example of, of how somebody would use refinancing uh, to, to help their situation? I know it's kind of on the spot. We literally talked about doing this five minutes ago. <laughs> so uh, as best as you can, maybe just round numbers to, to kind of go through a scenario. Okay, so if you have someone that whose house is worth uh, two hundred thousand and they owe a um, hundred thousand on it, you can refinance it up to eighty uh, percent. That's one hundred and sixty. So in that situation, you actually have sixty thousand dollars of usable equity. Uh, you got to get a lawyer and appraisal involved, but just for my quick, easy math in my head, we're going to say sixty. Um, so in that scenario, if you have credit cards at nineteen point nine nine percent, we can look at paying those off. If we have some type of loans, um, sometimes it's like a car loan that's got a year left but still has a big monthly payment or some consolidation loans um, or some high interest stuff like Fairstone or things like that, um, we can pay those off. Um, sometimes we could take money out to do uh, renovations. Um, a perfect example that happened recently is I, I helped somebody build an in-law suite, which actually made their whole finances cheaper because their, their parents moved in. Um, so those are examples about how you can refinance. You can go up to 80% and you can do something with that money. The question is, what do you do with it? If you're paying off high interest debt or something with a very high monthly payment, um, sometimes you can really cut your, uh, your monthly payments in half or, or, or less. Yeah, this is, this is really interesting. And, and one of the things that you touched on there was, was paying something off that had a really high payment. Now, um, I know we've had this conversation. I don't know how many times about how interest rates, not always, but are oftentimes completely irrelevant to the conversation. And, and you know, if somebody would just prioritize paying off their 0% interest car loan over their 8% personal loan, for example, they would be in a much better situation. Uh, so I don't want to steal the thunder. Are you able to kind of comment on that and how mortgage refinancing can, can kind of accelerate somebody's entire financial plan? Yeah, you're exactly right. Um, the biggest thing that I keep talking about is how cash flow is the most important thing. Um, yeah, interest rates are definitely a, a component that you need to pay attention to. But when you look at when someone comes in and they're and they're struggling and they're trying to think of a better situation, um, it's because of the cash flow. That's how they're feeling it. So we'll look at a truck loan, for instance. You get a truck loan for you know seventy grand. It could have a monthly payment of what do you see, eight hundred, nine hundred bucks a month type of thing. That's if they take it over eight years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so sometimes a thousand. Yeah. Um, so you look at that again. I'll, I'll just say thousand for simple math. When you have only a year left on that, you might only owe ten, twelve, fifteen thousand dollars, but the monthly payment on it is a thousand. So the question is: is if you refinance and pay off that ten, fifteen thousand dollar loan, what can you do with that thousand dollar a month payment? If you refinance it and you just you know spend the thousand dollars a month, you're not going to see that 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 positive change, and that you eventually are going to need to get another car loan, um, and that might not be the best thing to do. If you use that thousand dollars to then take that towards your next loan or your high interest credit cards, and you use that to really snowball pay off the rest of your debt, uh, that can make a huge impact um, in that time frame between then and when you might need another car a year or two your finances can be in a much better shape because you spent that time paying off these high interest credit cards, which if you didn't do it, you, you would, you might be still paying off your car loan and doing interest only payments on your credit card. So it depends what you do with the cash flow. Um, there's a right way to do things, um, for paying debt off. And when I say right thing, I just want to put a little disclaimer here. 
there's a big difference between what we say about paying off debt and what real life is and what fun is and all that different stuff. Um, and there's sometimes a balance between that. So in that example of a thousand bucks a month, we might be able to do some type of aggressive debt payoff with 600 of it. And if the other 400 meant that, you know, you could take a vacation with your family and those are your goals, those are things that I just need to know about. So it can be all part of the plan, but yeah, what cash flow is important, but what you do with it, uh, long-term really is the thing that makes, makes a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think kind of you, you hit it right on the top of the head of the nail. Is that the expression? It is now. <laughs> awesome. Love it. Uh, is is this whole concept of, you know, uh, there's the mathematically correct thing to do. And so if, if anybody wants to know that mathematically, the most mathematical accurate way to pay off debt is you start with the highest interest rate, you focus on that, and you throw everything extra on it. Um, there's been a whole bunch of studies that have shown um, that that's actually a very ineffective way to pay off debt. And the reason why is because of human behavior, right? And so uh, another method that's often talked about is the debt snowball, which is where you start with the smallest balance first and then work your way up. Um, there's been a lot of studies on that that show that it's significantly more effective than than what's called the debt avalanche, which, which is where you start with the highest interest rate first. But I think, and I, we both agree on this, I think those are very good ways to start and look at your finances, but it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the most accurate thing to do because, you know, for example, um, paying off the smallest balance first might only free you up a hundred bucks a month. Whereas if you focus on the, you know, that, that truck payment of a thousand dollars, imagine the, the, um, choice that you now have, the, 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 the safety that you now have, if something goes wrong, you know, what happens if your income drops a thousand bucks a month, like it did for a lot of people during COVID, right? Somebody who would have prioritized, um, the smallest balance or the highest interest rate might not necessarily have, have focused on that vehicle. So I think there's this, this human element, uh, as well that has to, to come into things. So I think you've, you're, you're perfectly right. And, and the reason why refinancing can be helpful is that, um, in my experience, when I look at debt payoff plans, there needs to be some type of element that plays in the freeze up cash flow at all. Um, so to be able to focus on things, you can do it where you, again, we're looking at the snowball and you're picking your smallest credit card and you pay it off. Um, and that can that can take a while. That can be kind of um, discouraging sometimes. Um, if, if you do something like a... Um, like a refinance or, or a proposal, or you get a raise, or there's some type of cash flow change. Um, that that's what I find helpful when you put a plan in place. Um, so it's one thing to do budgeting and stuff like that, but I, I find um, there needs to be something that kind of triggers some of this extra cash flow that you can use to even pay off debt, um, especially for 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 those that are kind of going paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, my biggest recommendation to to anybody that's struggling with debt is if you can't pay your debt off in at least five years, I'm talking unsecured stuff. So obviously a mortgage for 25 years, I, I don't expect you to be able to pay it off in five years. However, that would be really cool if you could. Uh, if, you, if you're going to take more than five years, you have to consult a professional. Now, uh, who you go and see is going to really depend on your circumstance. If you have a ton of equity, that might be a mortgage broker. If, if you've got a ton of assets out there, although there's an asterisk on that, you shouldn't be selling assets to pay off debt. Um, you might want to go see a financial advisor. If you don't know, then you want to come see a debt specialist. But really, what we're talking about mainly is for people that if they refinance, if they restructure, if they do some sort of change, will actually be able to afford what they're doing after the fact. Um, so have you ever, uh, I don't really need to ask a question. I know for a fact, uh, 
what happens when somebody's credit is so impacted, but they have equity in their home? Like, how does that work? And 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 what opportunities are are available to them? So there, there's three different, there's three different uh, residential kind of types of lending. Uh, there's a lending, there's, there's B lending, and there's private lending. And then additionally on that, there's commercial. So to start off. Um, if, if you're looking for mortgage advice, and even if you were declined in the past, you got to ask that simple question. Can you do A, B, private, or commercial? Uh, and if they're missing one of those components, um, then it's just keep checking because there's stuff out there. So that's just kind of a, a question for the consumers to ask. Um, so if, if you have damaged credit, uh, typically what that plays into is what you're able to do with an A lender. Um, that's what the whole kind of credit profile is really based on when you talk to mortgage professionals is whether or not an A lender like the big banks or, or the big monolines can do it. Um, if it, if it's damaged below what we can do with them and if it's not realistic that waiting and doing a little tweaking will fix it, um, and you have a ton of equity, if you're in an urban area, uh, like HRM, um, or other urban areas in, in Nova Scotia, uh, in Canada, uh, you can go to B lenders. They typically do, you know, four and a half, six and a half percent rates. Um, if you're in a rural area like like I live, um, you don't have that B lender at all. You got to go right from A lending to to private, expensive money. Um, so, if you have damaged credit and lots of equity, um, what I always say is it's it's not whether or not I can get you a mortgage; it's whether or not it makes sense. Um, and sometimes it does. Sometimes a 12% can pay off a, a 26% product, and it makes a ton of sense. Or that 0% interest truck that's costing you an absolute fortune on a monthly basis. Yeah, and an example of that is if you if, if we think we could fix your credit in a year or two to go to an A lender and we could pay off something with a $1,000 a month payment, like, a, like an older car loan, um, sometimes that gives us the cash flow we need to fix your credit. Um, maybe the timelines work perfectly there that we can get that bought out with a normal lender. Um, but it just plays into the strategy. Does it make sense? If I give you a mortgage and we pay off something, does it fix anything? Um, not to keep going back to paying off the car loan, but it's a perfect example of something that needs to make sense. Paying off a maxed out credit product might not help this, uh, the issue if the only reason we use a credit card is because we have no cash flow. Yeah, and, and sorry to interrupt, but that's why I have a really hard time with quote unquote traditional advice, right? If if you were go to speak to, you know, your your traditional financial advisor, they're gonna say, Well, it makes no sense to pay off that zero percentage car loan. You can make so much more money by either paying off this credit card or this debt or investing the money. The the, the challenge behind this is that just yes, the math makes sense, but but real life doesn't doesn't match up with that math, right? And, and I'm actually writing a book on, on on this whole kind of topic, right? But at the end of the day, if, if if everybody followed the math the way it's supposed to be done, there wouldn't be any financial difficulties at all. But it's simply not true. You know, 50% of Canadians are living paycheck to paycheck, right? Anyway, just uh, an aside. Sorry, continue. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, it, things need to make sense. There needs to be a plan. Um, and when you talk to, um, your financial professional, this is kind of my advice for all financial professionals. If we don't know the story, it's hard to give advice on it. Um, so we need to know kind of what happened to cause the debt, what we could do differently and why it's not going to happen again. Those are the, those are kind of the key elements when there's damaged credit and we're trying to make a plan. Or even if there's not damaged credit, you're just feeling like you're going paycheck to paycheck. And we need to make a plan. 
Um, because what Dave's saying is right. Saying, hey, let's pay off your, your 20% credit card with a mortgage. Um, is, saying that out loud sounds like a perfect idea. Um, but if I don't know that the reason it went up is because your kid's going to school, or I don't know that you know the reason that the credit card went up is that you did renovations and you still need to get your roof done, if I don't know the key causes, um, my fix isn't going to be an actual fix. Uh, and what we're doing is we're using your equity and we're not putting in a good realistic plan. Um, and I'm all about realistic plans. So. And, 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 and to kind of add to that, not only might it not kind of solve the problem, you might not even be able to get them a product, right? I know we've had conversations about this where you've had a client that has a really well good story and, and it makes sense and the lenders have made exceptions based upon those stories where if you don't know the story from the get-go, how are you supposed to even try to get this exception, right? Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, and when Dave says a good story too, what 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 I need is I need something that makes sense. Um, so if it's something that there was job loss or someone was sick or those type of things, uh, a business failed and you owe a bunch of back taxes or something like that, um, which is a one-off, it's a very good example of me to show those last questions I answered. What happened? How did it change and why is it not going to happen again? That being said, if it's something where it was just overspending, um, not budgeting um, or things like that, and it was a slow um, kind of buildup of debt and and you kind of lost control of it and you couldn't get your way out of it, that is still the story I need to hear. Um, What I have a really hard time getting approved is when I don't know what what happened. I can't explain it to the underwriter. Underwriters are all very much human. So they start imagining what happened. They start coming up with their own opinions. Uh, and that's the worst thing that we can do. We need to make sure that everything is answered before it ever hits someone's desk. Um, so those are the story is very important. And I, and I don't think people necessarily think that. I think some people think things are a need to know basis. But I find in my business to make things successful, you almost need to overshare with me. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I understand why this happens, though, because I, I look at my own personal life, right? And, and whenever I go meet with a professional, I don't want to tell them, you know, the whole ins and outs of, of everything that I want to do and, and want. I just want what I want, right? Um, but I think you're you're very correct that people need to to really take a step back and understand kind of what they're doing, right? Yeah, and it almost seems like I'm digging sometimes for information. Um, but what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to have a complete story. So if there, I'm just going to do a common example that comes up is that there's some bank errors that happen every once in a while, um, where you think a payment's going to come out a certain day and it doesn't, and that messes up things sometimes. Um, and I hear that a lot, but what, what doesn't work is that if I only explained one late payment when there's five. So if I explain one late payment when there's five, there is no story. Um, so then I need to know exactly how the second late payment happened. I need to know how the third one and the fourth and the fifth. And what happens if I don't is there's not a complete story. And again, the underwriter is going to start making assumptions. Um, and there might be a very good reason in there that I just don't know about yet. Um, so those are the type of things that I just need to know. If you had late payments for three years and I just have kind of one thing that happened, I can't explain it to anybody. And, and and I'm going to keep saying this over and over again. I need to explain what happened, how we fixed it or are going to fix it, and why we know it's not going to happen again. If we can't prove those, do those three things, 
it's very hard for me to prove to an underwriter it is a good decision to approve it. So that's why it's so important for me to, to know the story. Yeah, it makes perfect sense, right? It doesn't, the, the idea is if there was a problem in the past, you know, has the problem stopped and what was the reason for the problem and, and kind of move forward from there. I think we share a very similar approach in tackling kind of situations in, in the approach that we, we, we go through, right? Um, really identifying the, 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 the problem that the individual has, um, designing a solution around that and then implementing that solution at the end of the day. Um, is there anything else you want to cover on mortgages? What, what do you think people should need to know as it relates to debt and mortgages? Um, what, what I think people need to know is, is to rely on professionals um, and to go through their options. So, for instance, um, if somebody has lots of equity in their home, many times I can do something. If they don't have lots of equity in their home and they need to do something, I'm very likely not the answer, but I know people that are the answer. Um, and the same, I, I know Dave has the same way of looking at things. Um, but the first step there was to reach out to somebody. Um, I am going to, it is very hard to research mortgages online. Um, and I'm not saying you shouldn't, but there's actually some nuances and some stuff in the mortgage industry that you just learn from experience and not cause it's written on a piece of paper. And that makes it kind of difficult to be able to navigate it without professionals. Uh, that doesn't mean that every mortgage person you talk to is going to know it all. Um, so maybe, uh, you know, talk to a bunch of them until you feel comfortable with someone. Um, but it is to reach out because it's very hard to know it on your own. I'm just going to do a quick example of this. The interest rates that you see online are not the interest rates you're going to get on typically on a refinance. Um, there's something called a high ratio rate and there's something called a conventional rate. So the high ratio rate is a CMHC insured or one of the other insurers mortgage. Uh, CMHC insurance um, comes into place when you have um, less than 20% down when you buy a house or if you already have it because you never got rid of it and you're looking to switch and do things at your renewals. That's the interest rate that everyone advertises. So if you go online and you do your homework and you try to find the best lender for a refinance, the lender, the rates you see online, it's very likely you're not going to get it. Um, and the lender that you find online with the best rate might not even do refinances. Um, so it's not a bad thing to do the homework. It's just to explain those. There's some nuances there, which you may want to have some professionals to bounce ideas off of. Um so that, that's kind of like the first step that I, I really recommend when somebody's looking for some financial advice. Love it. Um, so kind of the big thing that I caution people on whenever they're looking to obtain mortgages is to really make sure that they're not turning unsecured restructurable debt into mortgage debt that is then tied against their house. And I, this kind of goes back to our entire conversation about really making sure that the solution actually works for you rather than just simply jumping into the first solution that's offered to you. So I, I, I recommend that you, you just talk with professionals. Um, typically speaking, somebody that brings these things up is consciously thinking about it. Um, people that don't bring it up are, are probably not thinking about it as, as much as they, they probably should, right? Yeah. And then not, yeah. And it's just one other piece of advice. There's some high interest loan companies out there that advertise quite well and it's pretty easy to get funds with. Um, just caution that some of these high interest loan companies that you see where you can get these, you know, 26% rates with it, it is quick and easy money. Um, 
But I am shocked over and over again when clients come to me and they have these high interest loans, uh, how they just didn't know that some of them were attached to their house. They didn't know what the interest rates were on some of them. Um, so if you're getting offered anything at 26%, um, just re- reach out to a few people just to see what else is out there. Because in a lot of cases, I found that there is alternatives um, or there's other solutions. Um, that's my only thing that I really caution. Uh, so not to not to be too negative, but I find there's a lot of good professionals, uh, financial professionals in the world, um, like like four pillars or financial advisors or mortgage brokers. Um, but uh, yeah, just caution some of those twenty six percent loan companies. Yeah, uh, love it. So so where can people find you, Dave, if they want to reach out and ask some mortgage questions? Uh, you can find me on Facebook, uh, Clark Mortgage Group. My website is the ClarkMortgageGroup dot com. Um, and my phone number is 902-482-8808. We're a team of four. Um, and uh, we do uh, all over Canada, but our offices are scattered around Nova Scotia. Um, and any questions, just feel free to reach out. Um, the very worst case scenario is I can recommend you to someone and give you some information. So I'd love to talk to you. Absolutely. Love it. Um, well, thanks for for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm, I'm We're going to have to make this a uh, uh, maybe a reoccurring segment because I know that mortgages and, and debt restructuring are always very much tied. Everybody wants to buy a house and I completely understand that. Uh, so maybe we'll get in and talk about kind of the credit impacts of, of kind of insolvencies and restructuring and how that impacts um, abilities to get mortgages. Yeah, perfect. Thank you for having me. Awesome. So everybody, thank you very much for listening. Um, You've been listening to the Escaping Debt Podcast. Uh, And remember that we believe it's simply not possible to represent both the consumer and the creditors at the same time in an unbiased fashion. And that's why we work for you, not your creditors. We'll catch you in the next episode.